want to talk about something serious, guys, and that's pressing into our destinies. And what does it look like to actually press in to our destinies? What does it look like? What's it feel like? How can we press in? The number one way we can be pressing into our destinies is that we must understand that we've got to embrace being fully who God made us to be. We have been made wonderfully fearfully made for such a time as this. And I just pray that we understand that we've got to embrace being who God made us to be. Ephesians 2.10 says this, says, for we are God's masterpiece. Remember, I'm a masterpiece to God. We are God's masterpiece. We've got to know that. We've got to believe it. We've got to own it. We've, we're God's masterpiece. He's, check it out, in Ephesians 2.10, it carries on and says, he has created us, he, God, has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. There's relationship There's identity and there's destiny woven in that one verse right there. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? I'm going to read this again. I'm going to read it again. Peep game, guys. Oh, my goodness. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Identity in Christ relationship. He created us. He created us and formed us in your mother's womb. He's created you before the foundation of the world. He's wanted relationship with you since the beginning. And he wanted you to be steeped deep in identity in Christ since the beginning. There's a triunion going on right here, y'all. Peep game and check it out. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Each and every one of you have a destiny that's been impregnated before the foundation of the world in your hearts. I'm wanting to know, do we know our destiny? What are we doing to apprehend, press in, seize the destiny that God has called out before the foundation of the world? I believe... Guys, I believe that is this. We must embrace who it is God fully made us to be. If we cannot embrace who God fully made us to be, then we've got to start there. We've got to understand that there's a relationship that he wants with us so that we can grow in our identity in him. We are a masterpiece to God. We are a masterpiece to God. Now, check it out. Before I go any further... I know I'm in, I know I'm in England, and I'm, I'm a black preacher right here, okay, preaching, okay? So I want some feedback, okay? If I say something, I don't want stares like, give me a clap or something, you know what I'm saying, or, 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 or amen or something. Give me some feedback so I know you're, you're with me, okay? You good? We got it? Especially y'all in the front row, okay? Don't have me jump off the stage on y'all now, all right? I need some feedback. I can't have it all quiet in here like, do some feedback. Okay, we're going to keep it going on. We were called, guys, as a masterpiece. We were called to do what no one else can do in this world. We were called to do what no one else can do in this world. We were called to be an original, not a copycat. 
We were called to be an original, not a carbon copy. You are the only person that can fulfill the destiny that's on your life, no one else. No one else can fulfill the destiny that's on your life. I cannot do what Scott does. Scott can only do what he does. Scott cannot do what I do. Only I can do what I do. You are robbing the world if you do not press into your full destiny. You are robbing the church of the creative ingenuity if we're not pressing into our full destiny. We've got to press in to who God made us to be. We're a masterpiece to God. We're a masterpiece to God. You are needed to enhance and create this beautiful mosaic called the Larger Sea Church so we can continue to keep this thing moving in the way that it's designed to. And we are robbing the church if we're not pressing in to be fully who God made us to be. You're a masterpiece to God, Ephesians 2.10, for we are a masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We must stop half-stepping into our destiny. We must stop moving with timidity, moving with trepidation into our destiny. Just go, just, just go. Let's chase after our destinies. Let's, guys, generation, hey, young people, Let's chase after our destinies. I know a guy that, 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 that chased after his destiny very well. One of my favorite characters in the book. A lesser known character, but one of my favorite characters nonetheless. His, his name is Benaiah. And he's found in 1 Chronicles. And there's a few verses about this dude. But I want to talk a little bit about him before I go into the scriptures. Now, Benaiah was a, was a guy that was one of David's mighty men. And David, David had many mighty men. He, th th these, these mighty men were beasts, okay? If you look it up and read their resume, you would be like, what? What in the world? But Benaiah was among the mighty men. He wasn't like the top three, though. He wasn't even top on the list. He was kind of like on the bottom of the list. And I believe that some people here today feel like they have to be the star player on their team in order to count. Have to be the star player on there at their church, in their schools, wherever they go, in universities or whatever, for you to count. I'm telling you right now that you are a star because you're the apple of God's eye. He's called you for a purpose. You have a destiny. So keep pressing in. It doesn't matter where you rank. Yeah, yeah, you good, you good. It doesn't matter where you rank. Yeah, yeah, see what I'm saying? See, it's, it's, taking, it's taking a little while to warm it up. It's okay. It's okay. But you're a star player on the team that God called you to be on. You're already a star. So you don't got to prove yourself. All you got to do is be obedient to the thing that God placed right in front of you. Benaiah, though, Benaiah was a beast, though. He wasn't trying to compare himself and compete. He was a beast. He, he knew who he was because he was, his identity was steeped in God. And Benaiah was, was amazing you know what I mean? So, Benaiah, turn with me to 1 Chronicles 11, 22 through 23. Ah, I didn't want y'all to put it up so fast. Let them work a little bit. That's okay. I love y'all. Give it up for the sound booth, y'all. We see you back there. We see you. We love you. 
First Chronicles 11, 22 through 23. This is, a, this is good. Check it out. Read with me. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. Yeah, boy, we're going to Kabzeel. <laughs> Let's go. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab, two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Hold on. Once, verse 23, let's read on his resume. Once, armed only with a club, he killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and who was armed with a spear as thick as a weaver's beam. Benaiah, check out what Benaiah did. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Can someone say gangster? What? This dude was on another level. Straight warrior status. They need to make a movie about him. But I want to go and zone in on verse 22 for a minute. Another time on a snowy day? Bruh. What kind of shoes did you have on, man? <laughs> on a snowy day, he chased the lion down. First of all, I can't even understand what, how you chasing lions, bro. What lion is running away from you? From you? That's what I want to know. He, okay, he chased the lion down. You got to like that, okay? down into a pit and killed it. Dude, dude had to be really confident in who he was to go chasing after a lion. A lion? Really? You are not chasing after a lion if you're not confident in who you are and whose you are. You are not com you're not chasing after a lion if you're not confident in the call that God has placed on your life. You are not, y'all, check it out. You are not chasing after a lion if you do not understand the call, the gifts that are irrevocably placed on your life. I'm sure that when people saw Benaiah chasing a lion on a snowy day, they were like, oh, snap, there go crazy Ben. What's he doing, bro? He, oh, snap, he's in a pit. He's gone. R.I.P., bro. You know I mean, he ain't getting out that pit. Hold on. Time out. Yo, what the? Is that Benaiah? Yo, Benaiah's coming out the, the pit? What is, is it? Are, yo, yo, Benaiah. Yo, bro, is that, that, that lion's blood on you? Like, what's going on? O-M-G, dude, I ain't messing with Benaiah, son. Benaiah straight gangster, yo. Like, yo, this guy, yo, his reputation preceded him ever since then, yo. There was this folklore. He was bigger than Robin Hood. Go imagine that. He was bigger than Robin Oh, did I, did I offend somebody? 
Time out, did I offend somebody? I'm tipping cows out here, huh? That was a cow getting tipped just now. Okay. Turn your idols over. Turn your idols over. Yeesh. The world thought Benaiah was crazy chasing after that lion going into the pit. The world called him crazy, I'm sure, lunatic, like, what are you doing? But then when he, they saw him rise up out the pit, they were like, yo, this dude is the real deal, holy feel, like, what is going on? The world's going to think you're crazy when you chase after your God-sized dreams, too. The world's going to think you're crazy when you chase after your destiny as well, too. You see, here's the, here's the real truth about this. If you're not chasing after a God-sized dream, then the world's going to think you're okay. The world's not going to make fun of you. The world's not going to single you out. The world's going to actually embrace you. But if you're truly chasing after a God-sized dream, the world's going to think you crazy. You, you, you're a lunatic. You, aren't, you ain't right. Nah, you can't do that. It's only chasing a God-sized dream that's going to actually require God's help. Some of y'all are chasing your own dreams that you can accomplish by yourself without God. I know that kind of hurt. We need to ask ourselves, the destinies and dreams I'm pressing into, do I need the help of God or man? What are we chasing after? I think that, I believe, actually I know, I know that each and every one of you here has a God-sized destiny and dream that we have been released to chase. We have been released to chase. I believe that, see, Benaiah, going back to Benaiah, I believe that he was inspired by David, his boy, David, because I'm sure he heard stories of David back in the day. Yo, David, he killed a lion? Oh, snap, that's possible? With his bare hands? Oh, snap, David killed the bear with his bare hands? No, kidding me? What? That's possible? Wow, I can press into that too. Oh, snap, David went after Goliath? The whole nation of Israel's armies chilling and only David went out with stones and a slingshot? Are you kidding me? Wow, that's what's possible. I'm pressing into that. See, instead of getting jealous of David, he used him as inspiration. See, I can compare. I can compete. We can get down with the comparing. We can get down with the get down. We can get down with, the, with, the, with the, all this uh, competing and stuff. You know, in the days of social media, where you see everybody and their mama on social media, like, do, like this and that, like, oh, my goodness, they're doing this and they're, they're doing that. I don't know if you start feeling bad about yourself. You start feeling like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this thing. I, can, I don't know if I can be like Scott McNamara traveling all around the world doing the Jesus at the door. Well, maybe what he gave me is lesser, and maybe what he gave me really just needs to be tucked away and just I just need to hide that thing and just live like everybody else. That's how the enemy gets you. 
See, the orphan mentality starts to whisper in your mind. The orphan mentality starts to make you compare and compete with everybody else and think everybody's a threat. You know what? What Scott's doing raises my stock because as a son, what his wins are my wins. My wins are his wins, and that's sonship right there rather than orphan thinking. An orphan thinks that his wins are a threat to me. His wins are going to take a slice of my pie. No, no, no. His wins are my wins. That's son thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Son thinking. So check it out. So Benaiah, he, he, his reputation preceded him. I'm sure he had to grow in his gifts and callings and everything. And, and when, it was time to came, when it came time for him to, to actually make the move to go chase after the lion, see, he didn't just chase the lion out of nowhere. He was working. He was actually studying. He was growing in relationship, growing in favor, growing in his identity. He was probably doing a lot of things behind the scenes that we don't know about. Guys, people don't just all of a sudden pop on the scene like, ta-da, here you go, bro. Like, I'm here. I'm making moves. Like, 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 like whoa. Like, they don't do that. No, they, they, they work behind the scenes. They're doing things that people don't know about, right? But Naya the same way. But so he, when he was ready, he was ready to go when he was time to chase that lion down because he knew who he was in Christ. He knew his destiny in God. He knew it. And then when David heard about it, David was like, yo, that boy Beniah, hey, hey, hey. Go, go get that boy, Benaiah. If he can chase that lion down in the pit and come out victorious, I want that dude as my bodyguard. So Benaiah got called to the, to, 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 the, to the people, to the royal castle, and got promoted to be a bodyguard, David's personal bodyguard. And then a little later, David promoted him to be the commander of, of a division in his army, pressing into his destiny. And then Solomon started, you know, you know, he was king, and he heard about Benaiah's reputation and favor, and he said, hey, Benaiah, I want to promote you to actually lead the whole nation of Israel's army. I want you to be the commander of the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Let's go. And he was like, yo, let's go. Let's do it. Why? Because he was pressing into his destiny. He knew who he was. He went from a mighty man to the commander of the entire army. Knowing who we are in Christ, guys, should provoke us to chase our destinies. Knowing who we are in Christ should provoke us to chasing our destinies. But how do you do that? By being faithful with what's in front of you. See, Benaiah, he was faithful with what was in front of him. All you have to do is be faithful with what's in front of you. You're not going to go from point A to point B, point C in a linear fashion and all of a sudden just start doing the things that you were designed and created to do overnight. It's not going to happen. You just have to be faithful with the little that God has put right before you. How are we, how we pressing in, guys? Me? I... um. I'm still on this journey. I've, I, I'm, I'm consider myself, I consider myself a drug baby. My mama drugged me to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and for, and for choir practice. Do y'all know what drug babies are? No? There's not a thing. So I, no one laughed. I'm going to go ahead and pretend like I didn't. Wait a minute. Hold on. Pretend I didn't say that. I grew up in a church. And my mama took me to church everywhere she went. And I, and I didn't want to go to church a lot of the times. 
But she went and took me, grew it up, and grew up in the faith. One thing my mom and my, my grandma said to me was, hey, this boy right here, this boy is going to be a preacher. This boy is going to be a preacher. My mom and my grandma would say those things. This boy is going to be a preacher. And you know what? I hated it. I did not like them saying that. Why? Because I, I felt insecure about how I spoke. You see, I had a stuttering problem. Your boy had a stuttering problem. I, I could not enunciate and pronounce words and sentences and thoughts and ideas fluidly. I, could, I just couldn't do it. And so when my parents said, this boy is going to be a preacher, I was like, no, I'm not going to be a preacher. Plus, I didn't think preachers were really cool. Back in the day, every preacher I saw, they were corny, they were lame, they were irrelevant. And so every preacher I saw, I was like, yeah, this is whack to me. There's no way I'm going to be no whack, played out, corny, lame preacher. Now look at me. What? <laughs> I just hope I'm not corny, whack, and lame. No. But anyways... I don't care. It's irrelevant or irrelevant. But my mom and dad, my mom and my grandma would speak those things over me. I remember when I was in, in elementary school, I, uh, I, I was uh, reading. We had to read out loud back in the day, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's what they made us do back in the day, you know, read out loud. And we were like in a circle. We'd get in a circle and everybody had a paragraph, you know. And so I would count people wherever they were. And then count paragraphs. All right, that's my paragraph. Wait a minute, make sure I get the count right. Okay, can the count count? Okay, and instead of listening, I would read my paragraph to myself over and over and over again. Because I didn't want to look stupid in front of everybody. You know what I'm saying? No wonder why I did bad in school. Because I wasn't listening to half the stuff. So anyways, when it came time for me, I'm reading my paragraph. I'm reading it and I'm like, duh, duh, duh. I'm like, man, duh, duh, duh. you know, I'm trying to read it. I'm trying to pronounce it. I'm, everybody's snickering. Everyone's laughing. And I just want to stick my head in the sand. I'm like embarrassed and everything. I'm like, eh, forget this thing. So I definitely didn't think that I had the, the ability to speak in front of people and, and to enunciate and to communicate thought. That was not in the cards for me. So I ran far from it. And about, you know, 30, about, I don't know, when I was 30 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. And uh, I came to the faith, and about six months later, a pastor tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, Clay, we want you to give your testimony. We think you have a testimony that you can share at the men's breakfast. And I'm like, oh, snap, really? And all the fears came back. Oh, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I stutter. I, I stammer. I, I, can't, I can't pronounce things. People are going to laugh at me. What are they, they going to think about this? What are they going to think about that? And, da, 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 da. and I was like, I don't know if I could do that, bro. I don't know. Then I went home. That night when I went home, I felt the Lord say, Clay, I want, you, I want you to do this. It's not about you. It's about me and you. I want you to do this, Clay. And I was like, all right, fine. I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it if that's what you want me to do. I'll be obedient. I'll be obedient with my yes, right? And so here I am. The next day, I go in the men's breakfast, I'm, and I'm speaking. I, I, I have my testimony all typed out, and I'm, I'm actually having it on a piece of paper, and I'm giving my testimony. And I'm not even done with my testimony. There are people crying. I'm like, what the heck, God, is going on? And I'm giving my testimony, giving my testimony, and then I'm done, and then people start clapping. 
I'm like, what? And then people actually stood up and gave me a standing ovation. And I'm like, God, I don't, I don't even understand what's going on. And somebody later that day came up to me and said, hey, Clay, I just want to let you know, this is the first time I've ever heard anything like this. He was like, hey, Clay, guess what? I believe you have a gift to speak. And I'm like, what? Bro, did you hear the message? Who, who are you talking to? Gift? The pre- I thought he was just being nice. So I kindly just like was like, oh, thank you very much. But in my mind, I was like, I'm just missing that. See, the orphan mindset, the orphan mentality will have us dismissing all the compliments that people want to give to us because we don't see ourselves like heaven sees us. The orphan mentality will have us thinking so many things in our mind, guys, that aren't of God. And so, anyways, it took me a while to figure that out. Fast forward um, by uh, many different little, um, um, you know, uh, occurrences and, and, and all kinds of things in the faith, I eventually made my way to Illinois. And I eventually found myself at the Vineyard Church, and I'm just pressing in. I'm going in. I'm doing classes at the classes. I'm doing all kinds of things. And then Putty Putman, one of the pastors there at our church, he came to me and said, hey, man, I want you to intern under me. I said, all right, cool. Let's do it. I'm down. Let's go. So I interned under him for about a year. And as I'm doing my internship with him, he's showing me all kinds of things. We're doing all kinds of crazy things. It's awesome. It's awesome. But one day, he's like, yo, Clay, come with me to the jail. I'm going to be preaching at the jail this Sunday. I want you to come with me. And I'm like, let's go. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go to the jail, son. We're going to see people give their life to Jesus. What? Let's go. And so anyways, so he, we, pull, we pull out. We dip. We go to the jail. And on the way there to the jail, y'all, on the way there to the jail, Putty looks at me and says, oh, by the way, Clay, you're going to preach the second service. I'm like, hold on, what? Bro, how'd you not, like, why are you telling me right now? Because I'm not prepared. I didn't write anything down. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say, bro. How are you going to? I was shook, y'all. Shook. Get there to the jail, and I'm all messed up. I'm not even thinking about the salvations that's coming. I'm thinking about how I'm going to pull this thing off. I'm like, oh, walking all scared and everything. He goes in, he preaches. I'm taking notes like, oh, snap. That's what he's saying. <laughs> okay. That's what he's saying. Okay. Okay. So it came time for me to preach at the jail. And as I preached at the jail, it was like, wait a minute. Something's going on, Lord, because I kind of feel like I'm on like an autopilot thing. And I'm just speaking. The overflow is on my heart. I'm sharing my testimony. I'm sharing the word. And eventually, the people in there, the, the inmates there were listening intently to me. They were actually listening. I thought they were going to walk out. I thought they were going to be like, this is whack. They were actually listening. And at the end of the day, some people actually gave their life to Jesus. And people were like, whoa. I was like, whoa, 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 wait. What is going on, God? What is going on? I don't understand what's going on. And then people were like, yo, Clay, you got the gift to preach. I'm like, are you kidding me? I keep hearing that over and over again. I was like, God, you got my attention. What, what, you, what is it that you called me to do? What is it that you, you, you want me to do? And God said, Clay, I want you to be my mouthpiece. I'm the one that takes the weaker things of this world and makes them strong. I'm the one who takes the foolish things of this world and, and puts to shame the wise. 
I'm the one who takes the lesser and makes them the fuller. I'm the one who takes the just backwards principle and just makes everything right side up when it was upside down. I got you, Clay. I want you to be my mouthpiece. And I'm like, but God, I'm scared. I I don't know if I can do this thing. And he said, I got you. Because if I've called you, I've called you for a purpose. And if I've called you, that makes you qualified. Because God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call, y'all. He qualifies the call. And so here I am just just thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, this, this is crazy. Proverbs twenty two thirteen says this, the lazy person claims, there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. Proverbs twenty two thirteen. yeah, I don't got a, I don't got a slide. You got to look it up on your phones or your, or your, or your Bibles or write it down because this is going to be something good. Proverbs twenty two thirteen says, the lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. You see, a lazy person looks for an excuse not to press into the call of God on their lives. A lazy person, I tried, tried time and time again to run away from the call because I didn't want, I thought that the lion was going to get me. I thought the lion was going to, you know, kill me. You know, I thought that, you know, I, I was just afraid. But what I didn't understand is that I got a lion of Judah inside of me greater than the lion in the world. got a lion of Judah inside of me that's greater than the lion in the world. And I'm telling you, the lion of Judah got me, and I don't have to be afraid. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I uh, basically, (laughs) yeah, Lord, I uh, felt like this call on my life was, was greater than I could handle, and so I just kept it. I kept it going. I kept preaching. I kept speaking. I kept doing all kinds of things. It was affirmation after affirmation, affirmation after affirmation in little churches and everything. Eventually, I started preaching at my church on the stage we have. We have an amazing platform, and I'm thinking to myself, God, I cannot believe I'm on this platform preaching. And then I was in a, I was in a conference room in my church. One day, I was looking at some pictures in my, of, of healing, healing evangelists and revivalists. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, we have so much history of healing evangelists and revivalists. God, this is awesome. But I have a question, though. Where's all the African Americans at? You know what I mean? I, I, we can do this stuff, too. And I feel like God said, Clay, didn't I call you? I'm like, what? Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 What? You tripping. I can't do any of that stuff. Like, I don't even know the first thing to do. I don't know any, I don't know any of those. I don't know how to get involved. I, I'm just like coming up with all kinds of excuses. And God was like, Clay, didn't I call you? And I'm like, God, you know what? I was running from your call before in the past. I've ran from you in the past. I've ran from my destiny in the past. If this is you calling me to do that thing right there, then God, I'm all in. I'm going to chase after my lion. I'm going to chase after my destiny. If that is you, call. and then God said to me, God, Clay, I didn't call you just to preach at your church. I didn't call you just to preach just for the sake of preaching. I called you to be the first African-American healing evangelist from the Vineyard Movement, son. I'm like, 
Like, what are us crazy, Lord? I'm scared to death, and I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, I'm still scared to this day. But if I am pressing after a God-sized dream, if I am pressing after a God-sized dream, that's exactly what's going to happen. I will be scared because it's not going to be me doing it. It's going to be the God in me, and I'm just going to partner with him. Yes, it may look crazy. Yes, I may. I, I, don't, I didn't share that with anybody for a long time because I thought that people were going to laugh at me. I just kept it between me and God, but now I freely share it because I can see it's, it's happening. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. You know, I can see, I can see it. I'm seeing it now and I'm, I can taste it. I can, I can feel it like it's, like it's right here for me to apprehend, guys. But guess what? It still scares me. That's how I know that I'm chasing after a lion. That's how I know that I'm chasing after a lion. Because I am petrified. There are days where I get up on stages and I'm like, God, I don't, I don't even know how I'm going to just, I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm, I'm a little nervous. But God says, hey, in, my, in your weakness, Clay, you're strong because you're with me. In your weakness, you're strong. I believe he's saying that same thing to every one of you. In your weakness, you're strong because I got you. I've called you. And if I called you, I've qualified you. What lions are you chasing? What lions are you chasing? I, um, can I get someone to come up here and play the keys on the pad for me? That'd be awesome. That'd be so good. I believe that there's somebody, I believe that there's some people here that are called to be church planners. I believe that there are some people here that are called to be mission, mission workers, missionaries. I believe that there's some people called to work in the schools, to work in mental health fields. I believe that there's some people called to be revivalists in here, to wake up UK. I believe that there are some people here that are called to be senior pastors of churches in your communities. Just one person, that's okay, I don't need a whole team. I remember um, reading uh, scripture, Matthew 3.11. And uh, in Matthew 3.11, there was... This scripture that came to me, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is so good. This helped me actually press in more and more and more to my call, more and more and more to my destiny. In Matthew 3, 11 says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Whose, scan- whose scandals, ha! Huh? That was ridiculous. Whose sandals? (laughs) You can can play. You you, got to help me out, bro. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
And I read that. I'm like, God, like, I don't, I don't understand what this, this means. This Holy Spirit and fire. What is that? I don't understand what it is. But whatever it is, I want it. Like, I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But if, if, if there's something else that I'm missing out on, I, I, I want that thing. And I've been, and I, and I've, and I've sought. To, I, I, I started this quest, this journey to understand more and more and more of this fire. I would research and research and, and read and read and read, and, and, I, and I would come upon literature of, 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 of even not only scripture but people after, like you know, the early church, and they would get hit up with this thing called the baptism of fire. And I'm like, what the heck is the baptism of fire? What's, what is that? And I would read these accounts of people getting hit, and they would describe it as this, this electricity coursing through their veins. And not only did they course through their veins, it was just, it's, it's, some, of the, some of the times it was painful. Other times it was just joyful, whatever the case may be. But it was a powerful explosion through their body. And after that happened, what I was most interested in is that their ministry blew up. They, it blew up. And I'm like, oh, God, that's, that's what I want. But I'm hearing Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Kuhlman. I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing William Seymour. I'm, I'm seeing um, Evan Roberts. I'm hearing all these revivalists, all these people that I admire and look up to. You know, Smith Wigglesworth. I mean, I'm seeing all these people, and they're always saying that they've got this baptism of fire or baptism of love. And I'm like, God, what is that? I want that. And today, contemporary today, Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, I mean, you name it, you know, Todd White, they were all talking about this baptism of fire. And I'm like, Oh, snap, it is over, God. I want more of this baptism of fire. And so I kept pressing in. So I'm praying for it, I'm praying for it, I'm praying for it. Then uh, Todd White, he comes to our church. This dude's crazy. I mean, he's, he's a lunatic for the king. I love that brother. Came to our church twice second time he came, he started talking about the baptism of fire. And I'm like, oh, he's talking about the baptism of fire, God. Hell, I want that, Lord. I want that so bad, whatever that is, I want it. Todd White gave the invitation to anybody want this baptism of love, baptism of fire, you, you come up right now. And I ran up there, man. I said, give it to me. I want this thing. I want to press in. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be gorged. And I wanted it all. And I thought that that was my day because I've been praying for it. I've been pressing in for it. I've been going after it for about a year at that point. I was like, it's coming tonight. I feel it. I feel it. It's good. And everybody was surrounding me. It was, it was thick. He prayed for it. I'm like, let's go. Oh, snap. That dude's down on the ground, convulsing. That's awesome. Let's go. Oh, snap. That guy's out too. Man, everybody, wait, time out. Am I the only one standing up right here? Come on, God, don't pass me up. Let's go. Nothing. Like, okay. Uh, maybe it's not my time. 
Well, I'm just going to bless everybody then. I'm just going to bless everybody. Bless everybody. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Ah! More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Ah! Oh, man. More, Lord. More, Lord. You didn't get me, but more, Lord. Ah! It was holy carnage in there. I drove home that night. I was like, God, I thought you were my boy. I mean, I thought I was your boy, right? <laughs> I didn't really say it like that. I was, I was kind of, I was like, man, God, what happened? I thought you, I thought I was, I thought I was going after it tonight. Nothing. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. One day we, we, we had a missions trip to um, Mexico. I went, a, I went a missions trip with a Putty and his team. And it was the first Sockham School of Kingdom Ministry mission trip that ever went to, the, to, to, to Mexico. And we were there and it was day four. I was praying about this baptism of fire this whole time. I never gave up, never gave up. But it was about day four, and we're on this rooftop uh, in Mexico. And as we're on this rooftop, we're praying in little groups. And the goal was to pray for what you felt God wanted you to learn while you're on this trip. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I know. It's good, so I'm going to break off of my group. We're going to go and pray. And Cindy, Val, and um, Denise, yeah, they, they were with me praying. I remember like it was yesterday. And they were praying. We're going around the circle, and I'm last. And, and they were like, Clay, you want prayer? I'm like, no, I'm good. I actually want to just go to bed. He's like, you guys just pray for me real quick. We go to bed. We're good. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I think I know uh, Jesus wants me here. And I'm, you know, going through the motions because I was just tired. I was like, yeah, I just want to go. So they were praying for me, and I had my, actually I had my hands in my pockets. I didn't even have, I ain't, shoot, I didn't want nothing. My hands were in my pockets. Praying, praying, praying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Denise started praying for me, last person. She had her hand, she put her hand on my shoulder. And uh, I remember she was praying, and as she was lifting me up, I remember I felt something weird. I felt like a little shock. I'm like, whoa, wait, what, what are you, what is that? Y'all felt that? And they're like, nah, Clay, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about, man? I was like, oh, okay, no, okay, never mind. So I, I, I put my hands out my pockets at least, you know. It's like, God, what's going on? She had her hand on her shoulder again, and another, I felt another shock coming out through my body. And I'm like, whoa! And, and I woke up everybody who was sleeping, right, kind of praying, but they really feel, it felt like I, they were, like, all quiet and everything. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt everybody, like, praying. But I was just like, like, do you, do you feel that? I don't understand what's going on. And so Denise was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Clay. So then I was like, this is really strange right here. And so the next thing I knew, I was had my hands out sitting down. I was, I was in a chair seated in a seated position, my hands out. And I remember that very next prayer cycle I felt like an angel of the Lord came right beside me and whispered in my ears. And he said, Clay, you'll want to get down on the ground for this next thing that's about to happen to you. And I'm like, yo, what? And as soon as I look over, I'm like, what? I felt the angel scoop me from the butt and the side and literally thrust me to the ground. So I'm like, yo! 
like it was slow-mo or something. And I'm on the ground. And so as I'm on the ground, all of a sudden, there was just, just this liquid love that came and just hit me. And I'm like, oh, I'm just getting all warm inside and everything. I'm getting this, this is getting crazy. And I'm just feeling electricity and heat and love, electricity, heat and love coming all on my body. And I'm like, oh, no, God, this is what it is. And I want more. And I'm like in my mind thinking, this is it. This is what I've been asking for. Lord, give me more. But stop lest I die. Because it hurt. And I was trying to take off my clothes, but Putty came and said, bro, no. You can't do that, man. And everybody made way, and the whole rooftop moved the chairs and everything. Everybody, I'm like squirreling around. I felt like I was on fire, and I didn't care who was around. And then people had the nerve to say, more, Lord. And I'm like, oh, no, no. But in my mind, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Then people had the nerve to touch me. More, Lord. I'm like, no, 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 I'm hitting people. But yet, I'm like, yes, get in, bring it on. But I'm so, I'm hurting, I'm, I'm, I'm in pain. But at the same time, this love coursing through my body is just, just taking me just to just another level, just spiritually. And I'm like thinking to myself, I, can, I see what's going on in the spirit. And I want you to lift your hand off me. But I want, to, I want you to give me everything you have. And so I'm on this rooftop and... More, more, more. That went on for like 30, 40 minutes. And then eventually I started to come down and there was aftershocks and I'm just basically just laying down on the rooftop, staring into the clear night sky. And as I'm staring into the clear night sky, uh, I'm seeing angels descending and ascending on the ladder, like Jacob's ladder. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Lord, but as I'm seeing that, as I'm seeing that, I felt like God said, son, what is it you want? And I'm like, God, I, let me think about that because I just can't give you a flippant answer. He's like, what, do you, what is it you want, son? I was thinking. And when I got the, the answer, I said to you, you know, God, here's what I want. What I want is to burn for you in such a way that I do not care what anybody in this world ever thinks about me. I want to be so secure in my identity that I don't care what anybody thinks. It's like, you got it. And it's that very hour that clay of God was born. That I will be pliable in the hands of the Father in such a way that he can use me in however way, partner with me in whatever way, and it won't matter what anybody ever thinks. I remember having conversations with God on and on and on, but it was that, that, that day, that rooftop experience that catapulted me to a new level of my destiny. See, 
At the time, I was seeing a lot of things happen. But the power of God came upon me in such a way that took me to a whole nother level. Because when I came back, I was clearer in what I wanted to do. I saw visions of what I wanted to do, what I needed to see, who I needed to be talking to, what I needed to be reading. All the churches I went to, there were doors opening to where I was speaking in churches. There were doors opening to where I was going on trips. There was things happening to where ministry times, people were just being blasted by the Spirit. And I was like, God, this is crazy. But God was like, this is exactly what I've called you too because this is what you've wanted and it's enabled me to chase after these lions in my life with a reckless abandon 